Sunday after church, $10. Thank you. Awesome. Pastor. So we have a special guest today. We have baby Brooklyn, who's a little over a month old, and her parents, Jason and Cynthia, and her family may come up. We, do we need a reason to praise God? You know, I mean, we don't need a reason to praise God. Today is a celebration Sunday. Come on, come on. Yeah, yes. Just give glory to Him. Give glory to Him because um, He is great. God is great. God is good. You have sang about it. You have heard about how good God is. Please come up here on the stage. And the Godfathers, the Godparents, please come. All the family members that are there that want to bless the baby, please come up here. So, t- this is a great uh, testimony. And uh, Cynthia, yeah. this is Cynthia and Jay. Um, can you share a little bit on how you came to this church and what this church means to you? So we started off, uh, well, I started off just because my grandma, uh, they basically, for basically my whole life, I was always in the church, but for a while, I went away, or for, yeah, and basically from our old church, we all left, and for a while, we were looking for a new church, and, you know, my grandma came here, and the girls came here, and they, they fell in love with this church. And so I said I would give it a shot, you know, and came back and, you know, I found, I mean, I really liked the church, you know, I wasn't, what do you call, uh, basically frowned upon how, you know, how I, tattoos and stuff like that, and I mean, everybody accepted me, you know, which I really love, you know. Um, We had a loss with our first daughter, and what do you call, um, you know, for with our first daughter, it was hard, Uh, but then we got our little rainbow baby, you know, our baby Brooklyn, you know, and Amen. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't, you know, I wish, you know, Isabella was here, but I thank God and I know for a fact that Isabella handpicked Brooklyn for us, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm almost. You have to say something too? Amen, amen. But, yeah. What about you, Cynthia? Well, I was introduced to the church by the Flores family as well, through Jason, and um, I felt really welcome being here. Everybody was very nice and very open-armed, and um, it just made me feel more comfortable to come in. And for anybody who's new here too, I feel like it would—you feel the same way as everybody's so loving. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm thankful that everybody's welcomed me in, and and all the prayers that. Uh, People have been praying for me and for Jason and for my family for, throughout my pregnancy when it was hard with the first pregnancy now that she's here. And, um, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Yes. <clears throat> we want to celebrate God in our church because we met Cynthia. Uh, she came to the church because uh, she lost Isabella. Her, her baby, uh, Jay, and they lost. Uh, and so when she was, she came into the church looking for peace. And she was just hurting and broken. And I can say that Isabella led uh, Cynthia to Christ. Because as we were talking, um, the Spirit of the Lord nudges me to ask Cynthia, you know, your baby is with God. And what about your life? What do you think? Uh, will your, do you think you will be where Isabel is? Isabella is. And she said, I don't know. So I shared the gospel. And she gave her life to Christ. And she was baptized in this church. And she became a member of this church. Amen? That's what God is doing. Yes. So, uh, uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. 
What did, why did you pick that name and um, a brief meaning of Brooklyn or just some memories? Uh, Brook, I mean, I chose, well, we chose the name Brooklyn. It's just because Brooklyn's a strong, you know, like we call it a strong, strong name. Strong name. I mean, and anybody, anybody knows uh, New York, you know, for a fact that we do call it Brooklyn's. <laughs> and, and it's funny because it happens to be my dad's it, place of birth. My dad was born in Brooklyn. All right. So, what do you call? I mean, and we did in memory of my dad. Amen. Meaningful, meaningful, right? Yeah. Uh, I wanna, I wanna ask um, the parents. So, uh, Jay and Cynthia, yeah. are you going to train up Brooklyn in the way she should go, that when she grow old, she will not depart from the way and the path that God has shown both of you? If you say, you can say yes or no. <laughs> yes all right um are there godparents here can i see your hand okay so you you're the godparent and you're the godmother uh, what's your name jessica, jessica and Gustafa, right are there some grandparents here yes yes yeah and and families i want, especially i want to address to the grandparents uh no the godfather and godmother and you can say yes or no, but I want to ask from the heart, with good intent for them, will the godparents protect, do everything you can so that the child will grow up in a safe environment? And if possible, you will do your best to show the right way that when she grow up, she will encounter the Creator God who loves her and who wants to give her eternal life. Will you do that? Yes. Church, Brooklyn is here, presented before us. Every child is created in the image of God, wonderfully and fearfully. Will you, th will you do everything possible that this child will one day come to meet Christ and become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. I'm going to anoint, I'm going to anoint the baby and pray. Father, we pray that one day Brooklyn will grow up to encounter you, to find you, and uh, she will become a follower of Jesus Christ, doing great things and mighty things for the Lord. At this time, I'm going to ask Pastor Margaret to come and present things for the parents and also uh, for the baby. So I'm told both the parents need a Bible. Okay. Oh, the pink one for you and black one for daddy and the bible is a reminder that you will read to brooklyn every day the word of god and that you will bring her up in the ways of the lord um and this is a new season right this is a season for brooklyn a new chapter may she remind you that god gives us different season and this is a season for life um and may this life-giving book help you in having that claim that life that god has for brooklyn and for you both as well now, um, once you have brought her in the ways of God, I know one day will come a time when Brooklyn will be ready to accept Jesus as her Savior and when she's ready to take that step and be baptized in the name of Jesus, then you bring her back to church or any church to baptize her. And this is a gift for the baby. Trudy made sure that it was pink. The, another extended family. And then, last, and I don't think this is the least, um, the red rose is to remind you of the blood of Jesus, and Brooklyn's life have been bought with the blood of Jesus. And one, one later, when she grows older, that she will come to know Christ and accept Christ as her Savior, and she will be with him eternally. Come on, church. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get to know them, church. Uh, some of them are new here. Get to know them, love them, invest in their life, uh, and build them up. Right. Uh, the celebration continues. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and you're going to see a video, just a. A brief timeline of what God has done for us or what, where we have been involved in the community, in the city. 
and may the Lord remind you and bring memory to you what he has done here in this church this past year so let, let us pray Father, we're going to worship you through our giving. We're going to worship you through our tithes and offering. We give this to you voluntarily, and cheerfully, freely, because we love you. We want to worship you, Lord. We pray for healing, uh, physical, spiritual, emotional, this morning. And if they're sitting here at this time, I pray that they will offer that to the Lord, that God will intervene. And hear their prayer. As you give, help us to give to others. Help us to be good stewards of our time, talent, and treasure. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us see the videos. It's just a brief, a brief timeline of where we have been inside and outside the church. And you can see that we have been to San Francisco. We are out there in the park. We are doing Hope, uh, Baptism, uh, the Bethlehem, 4th of July. Just to remind us that God is working here at our church. Jesus said, follow me. Oh, oh, we have to release the kids, right? Yes. Or we can, or, uh, we can let them have here in the sermon, right? No? You want to go out? All right. Let's release the kids, yes. The Give lesson them. for today is on patience. So they got their patience tested. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Bless the kids. I was looking forward to this today. Um, uh, and so let me read the scripture for you. Uh, and as he, Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed, followed him. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. And he passed by, and he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he rose and followed him. Following Christ with unshakable faith 
in uncharted territory. I have, I have been to a leadership summit looking for great leadership qualities. I have followed mega church pastors. I have followed mega church uh, programs. I have read gigantic amount of online materials on leadership and structures and, and uh, uh, church growth and looking you know, looking to believe in the things that we have been hearing when people say, dream big, right? Dream big, take a risk. If your dream is not scary enough, it's not big enough. So I try to come up with the scariest dream for our church, right? A scariest dream that no pastor has come up with. Well, it was so scary, it gave me nightmares at night. Because as, as, as a pastor, you're trying to follow the trend, the latest things in the church to make it big. If you're a fashionista, you're following the latest trends. If you're a technista, you're looking at the latest um, social media and technology. You just upgraded your Apple. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying, right? Everything new. You're following the trend. And as I, as the pastor of this church, and I speak for our church, when I say as a pastor, I'm talking about Santa Clara First Baptist Church, as I am also trying to follow what the next church is doing, what the next big church is doing, so we can become the next big church. Then the Word of God came to me and said, follow me. So I stopped, and I followed him. And I, you know, and when you follow Jesus Christ, uh, he didn't take me to the next uh, best leadership summit. Where did he take me? He took me to the prison. And I was visiting a prison last week. And I entered there, I don't know. And so I went in there and I waited. You know, I had to go through the metal detector and pass through those iron fence and go into a small booth. And there was the guy waiting. And the only difference is that I'm on the other side of the glass wall. And, and the person is on the other side of the glass wall. But the big difference is that I was on the side of freedom. And he was incarcerated. And as I was talking to this person, then God was doing something in my heart. And he said, even in this world, in this big piece of world, even in this Santa Clara, even in Milpitas, in this small part of the land, a lot of people are free. But in this section, the people are not free. But if you follow me, you will go and see these people that are not free so you can make a difference in your life. Because God was telling me that I had created you so that you can make a difference in people's lives. And as I continued to talk and listen over the phone, then he said later on, later on, by the way, I'm going to church. I'm going to a worship service every Sunday in this prison. And I'm also joining a Wednesday Bible study class. Even in the darkest time, there is a ray of hope because God is working even in prison. And what God was showing me was that because he had come to our church a couple of times. He had been to this church a couple of times, and I went to visit him. And I feel like God is telling Santa Clara First Baptist Church to say, Follow me. Follow me to the place where you, and I will take you to a place and people that you have never thought about. So that you can make a difference in people's life. And we do are making difference in people's life. Because somewhere along the line, he must have heard about God. He must have had the need to study the word of God. And he is going to a church in prison. And going to a Bible study. Isn't that God working through us, even in places that we cannot dream and imagine? So I follow. And I followed Christ, and just this week, I met a man. And for some reason, the conversation started, and he said, I, I suffer from PTSD. And I have never told this to anyone. And I've heard, Pastor, you have told me so many times, go and make disciples, make a difference in your life. In fact, instead of listening to you, I became rebellious and said, who is the pastor how to tell me how to live my life? But a couple of weeks ago, I gave the book, The Great Omission, 
The great omission to read that the church have neglected to make disciples. We have just become a church that manufacture Christians and converts. And God never called us. He did never say that go and make converts or Christians. He said go and make disciples. This is where we're coming back. So he took the book and went to the park and read the book. And as he read the book, the Spirit of the Lord did something in him. And his guard, he said, For 20 years I've guarded myself because I have PTSD. And I didn't talk to anybody. But something happened. I am now talking to the people in my neighborhood. When I see people across the street, I talk to that person. I invite them to have conversation. And I'm talking to them about my faith. Right? So God is working. If you follow Him, you will see that God is working in people's lives. I could go and on and on and on what God is doing here. But what God is saying us is that follow me. Follow what? Follow the where? Follow into His life. To live His life. Because when He said follow me to the disciples... People have tried to make sense of this. Oh, they have heard about him. They must have seen the great work he has done. You try to explain everything. Why they just drop everything and followed him. Very little have been said about this church. Very little have been said about this church. You know what that is? It is the pure, sheer authority of Christ that commands people to respond to him. Jesus said, follow me because he can. Because he can. And the disciples, Andrew and John, Matthew, they responded to Christ because of his authority. Because of his pure authority. And this is what Christ calls our church to follow. What? To his authority. That when we follow his authority, we can see life change in prison, outside the prison. People suffering from mental diseases, depression, anxiety, loneliness. This is what Christ is calling our church to follow. And are we following Christ? And we will hear today. I want to hear your testimony today at the end of this sermon. I'm going to ask you how you have been encountering God in this church. What God has been doing in your life in this past year. And just briefly, maybe a line or two, not a long sermon, right? And I would like you to prepare to come and share when I invite you to come. Say, I will. Because when we follow Jesus, we can testify to what He has done, experience what He's doing, and believe in what He will do. When we follow Christ. Follow Christ means an invitation into the life of Christ. So what is the first thing that Jesus did when He came? One of the first things He did is he, when He came to Galilee, what did He do? He started preaching the kingdom of God. And the good news of the kingdom. And he said, repent and believe. What is this kingdom of God? What is this good news? And he said, when the sick are healed, when the demon possessed are healed, when people are set free, it means the kingdom of God has come. How many of us are here this morning sitting that, oh, I do not want to be free from my darkness. I do not want to be free from my addiction. I do not want to be free from the things that I do not want to do that depressed me and oppressed me. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free from the mental disease, spiritual disease, physical disease. And God is saying, if you follow me, if you accept the kingdom of God, these things will come upon you. Isn't that what Santa Clara First Baptist Church is about? That we care, we love people so they can have a well-being in their social, emotional, spiritual, and physical life. And that's the invitation that Christ gives. That's the message that Christ first gave. What did Jesus do when He came? He preached the kingdom of God. And He said, believe in the good news. Today, though, we are talking about the right and the left. All the time, sometimes the middle. But most people are not talking about the up and down. 
just left, right, left, right. And even the church, including us, we love to talk about the left and the right, but we don't talk about the up and the down. Then how is the kingdom of God going to come down on earth? How is the will of God that is in heaven going to come down on earth if we don't talk about the up and down? Follow me. Follow me. The call to follow Jesus is the call to fulfill God's dream. Not our dream. Not our dream, but God's dream. So, why, why, did, he fo- why did he call to follow us? <clears throat> because I will. He said, I will. I will. It means the authority of Christ here. So immediately when they called the disciples and they followed him, he immediately showed his authority. Do you know how he showed his authority? He went to the synagogue and he started teaching in the synagogue. And what did the people say? Wow, this is an amazing teaching. They were astonished. They were amazed because he was like a man that teach with authority. That's what the word of God says, Mark 1, 22. Right? This is the man that teach as one having authority with great authority he taught. And people were astonished and amazed. What did he teach? The kingdom of God, the good news. The kingdom of God and the good news. And immediately there, there was a man sitting in the synagogue who had, who had evil spirits. Demons. He started making noise and say, oh, you are the son of God. And Jesus said... Uh, Shut up and get out of him. Right? Shut up and get out of him. And what happened? The spirit left. Immediately healed. And then they went home to Peter's house, Simon. And when they went there, Jesus found that Simon's mother was sick. So he laid hand on her. And immediately the fever left and she stood up and served them. People heard about this and they started bringing people that were sick, demon-possessed. And many people were healed by Jesus. And some lepers came and said, Lord, cleanse us. And he cleansed. Immediately he showed what the authority looks like. This is the authority that made the disciple drop everything and respond to him. This is what the church should be. This is what Christ is calling us. When he calls us to follow him, it means to follow and live in his authority. In his authority. So I will. I will do it. What is success? If everything within you is grumbling. What is success, my friends, if everything within you is grumbling? But there are a lot of broken and wounded people out there. And woundedness cannot be simply healed by putting a bandage. You know, many nurses are here, doctors are here. When a deep wound, when a person with a deep wound comes, what do you do? You, you clean the wound first. Then you treat it. Then you stitch it and you bandage it. Following the Lord, discipleship is a process. You can't just bandage your wound and think that I'll be okay. You you can't just bandage your brokenness. We have to go to Christ because He said, I will, I will heal, I will build. So church, what happened this year? We met one of our members. This is also another member. As we were praying in the live group, uh, the Spirit of the Lord led us to pray for that uh, uh, person and we prayed and we know and you have heard this also that person uh, had the depression and anxiety at the point where he almost lost his speech faculty and uh, the faculty to think this intelligent guy right? and he said I thought I was going to die that I will die did he die? no, he's leading life group what happened? I will. I will happen. I will happen and God healed and built. 
He came out of darkness and he testified in our group. He testified in the church. God, power, can overwhelm, embrace, heal mental illness. The other day, also in the life of us, we were going, uh, done and going and socializing and going home. Uh, the Spirit of God said uh, to me, just say, oh, I turn my face toward the person and say, I want to pray for you. Can you hang? Can you just stay? And people are going out and say, yeah, you want to pray for me? Oh, okay. And I, I stood up, my wife and I, say, my wife, honey, let's pray for her. Then the text came right there. And they showed the text. They said, uh, your son is suicidal. Uh, he might, you might want to check in. He might want to commit suicide or something. Suddenly everything's changed. The person's, you know, and I'm thinking, wow. So what do we do? So we pray. And I was able to later on catch up with the son. And uh, I checked in, and he was able to go away with a smile on his face with some friends. And then I texted the mom, hey, I catch up with your son. And she texted me and said, thanks, he's also doing okay. I will. See? If we follow him, God leads us to a place where he will show his authority to heal the man and lift up those who are, are broken. Is this happening? This is happening in our church. This God is working in our church. The God of I will is working in our church. I have so many stories. I can't tell everything this morning. Or do you want me to tell everything? <laughs> right? But I'm just giving you a taste of what God is doing in our church to see that, oh, taste and see that God is good. Oh, taste and see that God is good. So we'll hear one video of I Will, a lady that has followed the Lord. That, has grew, that grew up in this church and had great, maybe had gone through big challenge when her husband passed away. Uh, she's, and, and growing up as a widow and following the Lord as a widow. And you know her. I respect this woman. Uh, her name is Marianne. Let's, her, let's hear her testimony. So, uh, Marianne, it's great to have you here. Uh, how many years have you been in the church? We joined the church in 1969. So you, uh, you're, you're very young. Yes, <laughs> I, I was just an infant. <laughs> yes. um, uh, what is one thing that you like about this church? I think the, the thing that I appreciate it most about the church now is the way that we are, are growing in our appreciation for the Holy Spirit and being led by prayer and Bible study. So you, you, you like that, that yes. we can... Um, and what about some of the changes in the years that you have been here? Have you seen any change? There, there have been lots of changes over the years, but I think the thing that has uh, surprised me the most is how accustomed you get to to the change and what's going on as we come each week. I was surprised um, when my son was visiting a little over a year ago. He and his wife commented about how they could feel the spirit moving within the congregation and the life that they felt when they came into the building. Amen. And I was aware of that, but not to the extent that they were because they didn't see it each Sunday as I did. All right. So you can definitely see the change in our spiritual life and the focus where the church is driving to. What about the makeup of the people, the culture? Is there any change? Oh, the, I think the change has been dramatic. Uh, four or five years ago, um, most of the congregation 
had hair this color and were about this age and now there is a, a great diversity a lot of younger people a lot of children um, and we can see that on Sunday morning as they go off to kid zone I had the same color but I dyed my hair so. <laughs> <laughs> see I gave up on that a few years ago <laughs> um, what do you see our church uh, in future what potential do you see for our church? Well, I'm excited that the church that has done Bethlehem for 20 years now brings hope in August and then fun at the park, at worship in the park. And I think I can, that to me says that our community will see us as a place that not only worships God, but serves the community in any capacity in which we can. I just want to say you are a great spiritual asset to the church. Your faith, your experience, your gifts, and your skill. Uh, we are blessed to have you in this church. So I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad to be your pastor. Well, I thank you. Um, God is good, and, and there just is no other way... For, to explain it. Let's go for it. Yes, right? absolutely. Amen. Yes. Amen. So I, I, I want to hang on to this word, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. What people experience us is that when they come in here, they can see the movement of the Spirit and they feel the presence of the Spirit. How does that happen? It happens when you leave your life according to the resurrected life that Christ, the Word of God, talks about. Okay? And your love for the community, your love for each other, is what makes a disciple. So, as we talk about making disciples, only a disciple can make a disciple. There is no other way around it. If you're not a disciple, we can't make disciples. If our church is not a disciple of Christ, we can't make disciple of Christ. That's it. Only a disciple can make a disciple. Only a mature Christian can make a mature Christian. There is no other way around it. And members like Marian, many of you are great asset to the church. And I will. You can see how the Lord is shaping their life. For many years. And I will. To follow Jesus is to learn to live and to learn to live and lead like Jesus. And he said, What did he say? I will make I will make you become. And I want to talk about this become. Become is a long process. Christ understood that discipleship is going to be slow and a long process. Yes, but he knows he could and he would make a person into a disciple of Christ. That's why he called. That's why he said, follow me. Because he can. Because he will. He could. And he would do it. And he did it. That's why he called. He said, I will make you become. Become is a process. It's going to be a journey. It's becoming. We are becoming like Christ. It's continuous work. It's going to be a long journey. It's not when you are saved. When you gave your life to Christ and say, Oh, my work on earth is done. That is the beginning of the journey. That is the beginning of the journey. Good Baptist people. We, I love you, good Baptist. But we hang on to this one saves, always save, and we don't do anything about our faith. That is not following Christ. That is not following Christ. Because our fruit will tear whether we are a disciple or not. Whether we're a disciple or not. So, here, to become the person of God, the person God intended you to be, and to impact others the way He intended, welcome God's interruption. Okay? Let me speak briefly on this, and we will have some interruption here. What is interruption? They were mending the nets. They were fishing. Christ called and interrupted. What did the disciples do? They respond to the interruption immediately and followed Him. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, if some change is going to happen in your life, if there is going to be a transformation in your life, you have to welcome and be sensitive to the interruption of God in your daily life. 
You have to allow God to interrupt you. So you can pay attention to what He is calling you to do. Are we on the same page? Yes? I don't have to give biblical example anymore, right? Otherwise I was going to go for it. <laughs> but you have to be interrupted by God for you to respond to the call and the dream that God has for you. So but what about my work? What about my dream? I'm not talking about leaving your job and doing what you do. I'm talking about the routine that you're doing that you can't hear the voice of God anymore. Look at all the disciples or uh, Peter, James, John, and Matthew. Were they greater before they met Christ or were they greater they met after Christ? Yes, that's it. When you follow Christ, you will not become smaller. Maybe in your heart, in your worship, you, be, you have humility. But if you follow God's dream, you will become greater. We talk about there after Christ, not before Christ. I have never met a person messed up or did worse than before they met Christ, if they were truly disciples of Christ. I have not seen anyone become worse in their life because they decided to follow Christ. So allow God to interrupt you at your work. Everything that you're doing daily. That's the reason why we are investing in the kids' life, in the youth's life. How important it is. And I want you to hear from one of our members, a newer member, how she feels about our youth ministry, our family life ministry, our church ministry, and how we are responding. So let's hear it from Anita. Hi, Anita. Um, how long have you been at this church? Uh, it's been, I think, two plus years. Two plus years. So how did you find the church? Uh, we live nearby, so we were finding a good church here nearby. So we used to go somewhere else, but uh, uh, I need something else uh, uh, from the church. So we keep on finding a good church for us. Then we visited here. Uh, we we like the church, so we start coming over here. We like uh, your messages about encouragement and hope. That's what we need actually for the spiritual food. And uh, most of the things we like about is uh, the kids ministry, the youth, white church, how you are connected with different activities, you're connected with God. The, so my uh, girl would be in wife next year. So I'm very positive about it. That she will connect God like with different activities that go to SFO and all. So I like all these things. And my younger kids is also going to the um, kindergarten uh, group. And he's also learning so many things, some good uh, songs and uh, uh, through coloring and story timing, so many things like Noah's story, Noah's ark, and the God promise about rainbow and all. And uh, the, so uh, so much I uh, one more thing I like is uh, the welcoming behavior of all the church members and Miss Margaret also, and how she welcome us and it feels like all loves us here. So that's why I like what I like about church. It's so great to hear that because I think our church members, yeah, they, they, they so also good. need to hear. Yeah, yeah. they're so lovely. We like uh, That's awesome. Church yeah. members are doing good welcoming you guys. Yeah, the youth members and the kids. I also like the young kids also, how they behave. They Because when we go outside, we see kids, uh, they are so arrogant, rude. But here they are so humble. They behave nicely. That's what we uh, we think that we our kids would be like that someday. Oh, that's awesome! So you you you've been a part of the children's ministry. Where you... yeah, I'm doing children's. Uh, I'm uh, doing a kindergarten uh, teacher as a teacher, serving there, and I also would like to teach someday the youth. So okay, that is great. We we're, we're great to have you and the members like that. What 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 do you see this church? What potential do you see this church that we could? effectively serve more the community in the city? Um, 
I think they are going doing good with so many groups are here that already here uh, in the morning and Wednesday they are already going on and I want to be a part of it someday when I will be free. Yes, <laughs> maybe. Well, you're doing what you can already, and we yeah. want to thank you and Vinay and your two kids. We are so glad you are here. So God bless you guys. All right. Thank you. I want to praise our parents here, okay? Because this newer member said, "I have gone to different churches. I have seen different kids, but the kids in this church are different. They are very humble. They are very nice. They are not arrogant. Give a big hand to our parents. They have raised their kids well. Yeah." It is great that we are a friendly church. But it's more important that they find friends here. Okay? That we become friends, not just friendly. When we become friends, people are seeking for a friend more than just friendliness. They are looking for a friend. Let them find friends in our church. It's great that we're a welcoming church, but people are looking for a, ch- a church to belong, not just being welcome. So let us be friends. Let us make space to belong. People come as they are and find a place here. We're going to go into testimony time because this is interruption. Right? And uh, we just, uh, I'm going to set it up on a video, uh, a couple and, uh, and a young gal, and please walk forward to come and share one line or two how God has blessed you here, and the worship team will lead us in worship. So let's hit the video of the Borbas and Ali. Uh, Ali. Uh, we just moved from Brazil in last July or May. May, yeah. And we started coming into third in November, so yeah, less than one year. Uh, I like uh, more diverse, all nations, because uh, for me, the people um, feel welcome in the church, because uh, it's a great family, and each member was born in the place, different place in the world. We have a really big potential, you know, to spread the, the gospel for our nations because, uh, you know, we have support from people from uh, Japan, China, from Latin America, from Brazil, so we can, you know, reach uh, different people and we can use uh, the technology to reach them. And we are already learning how to do that. So we have, we really have a very good potential to to reach uh, people from all over the world. We have a really big potential. We volunteered in July 4th and the HOPE event. And the church treats uh, the community, the people with respect, uh, affection, and attention for me is good yeah and for me you know I felt really well when I work with the guys uh, preparing the the uh, scholar supplies and you know when we uh, you know deliver to the children uh, the stuff they got really happy you know they they smile when you put the sticks for them in that Card, they got really happy, so it was really rewarding for me uh, those moments with the children because I'm pretty sure that this thing will be in their minds for the rest of their lives, right? I remember when I was a child and I had some things like this, events like this in the church, I still, I uh, know, uh, carried this in my heart. And I get very good remembrance of those things. And I'm pretty sure that for those children, uh, we'll, you'll have a seed there. You know, they, they'll always remember this uh, special moment. 
I like uh, uh, worshiping the park because uh, people uh, can meet uh, the job in the, the church for the community. Uh, this is very important for uh, the church grew up. The most important thing that you have here that I think that all people uh, make this point is that we are always feeling very welcoming, welcome here. So this is the best part of this church. You know, people are very warm here, you know, and very happy. Yes. And you, we feel this energy, right? It's like we work every day, tough day in the company, and we get here and get more fuel to, to go ahead. Yes, yes. We need more fuel, right? Spiritual fuel. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to invite... Uh, uh, the Collins, Dan and Stacy, can you please come forward? Oh, Stacy's not here? Uh, so, what we want to do is uh, we want to give a right hand of fellowship uh, to them. Okay, Dan and Stacy. Uh, and she's here. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Right timing, right? Please come here. Yes. Um, in front of you, there is a flyer. Do you see the flyer? It's making disciples. Yes. <clears throat> That's the series that we're going to do uh, in two weeks. Next Sunday, Alex Wiesen, well, from Google, uh, the one who works at Google, he will bring faith at workplace. So we look forward to that. But this flyer, Stacy made it for uh, us at church, and she's been using her gifts in this church. So give her a big hand. Yeah. Can you please come here? Um, keep coming. I won't bite. Yes. <laughs> How did you uh, end up in this church and what made you stay here, Stacy? Um, Dan started coming here about a year ago and um, he was telling me uh, I was I was back in Michigan, but he came here for work first before me, and he was telling me, oh, I found this great church, and I really want you to check it out, and so when I came here, I was like, oh, what is it going to be? Is it going to be weird? Um, but but really, you know, when I when I walked through the doors from the very person, first person I met, it was just so welcoming, and um I thought, oh, I know, I know now why he chose this church. I said, good job, babe. You did really good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to talk more about... Okay. Hello, I'm Dan. Um, yeah, I came here without her for three, four months. And the important part is, like, community and family. And, of course, I'm accepted, but it's more about embrace, you know. And I was in the men's fellowship many mornings, and we would be praying together, and I went through a lot of trials being here without her and, and my situation and, and just, you know, taxing work, but also just being, you know, estranged in a new world, in a new place. And so being comforted, being supported, being embraced by brothers and sisters is very important to me. We want to welcome you to this church, to this place, so God can use you for his glory. We pray that you will become the person God intended you to be and impact the way that he wanted you to be. And may this church open the space, create space for you to use your gifts and talents. We want to welcome you to Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Yes. Yeah, stay here. Um, continue, come, because you were going to share some testimony, right? It's testimony time. She has a testimony. People who has testimony, can you come here and stand with me, and I'll pass on the mic to you. What's God's doing in this church, and uh, what do you see the potential of this church, or anything that is in your heart? Can you share? Yeah. Um, I just, I really appreciate that. Um, 
I just blanked on everything I was going to say. Um, I really feel that the pastor and the people who um, are the leaders in this church, they know us by name. And I think it's easy in Silicon Valley to um, get kind of lost in the crowd, uh, wherever you are. And um, here we really felt like uh, we felt a home. We felt that they, they knew us. They kind of actually cared about our lives, and they welcomed us uh, with open arms. So um, we've been through a lot in our marriage in the last couple of years, and uh, for the first time, I really feel like we're able to grow in our faith, and just the opportunity to be able to serve here in this church is um, really impacting us. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jim? Well, God's been real good to me and my wife this year. Uh, we got our new house. We're gradually moving in. Um, job's still fun. I'm still married. And <laughs> and uh, my last uh, checkup for my cancer, I only have one marker that's out of spec, uh, which is unusual. I mean, normally there's like a half a dozen. So... Um, Things are looking up. Thank God. Amen. 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 Yeah. Are you going to say something, uh, Dan? Or yeah. So, like I was saying, but thank you for everyone supporting us. Um, it's been a hard transition coming from Michigan, as Pastor knows, because he and his family moved. But um, it's it's hard to imagine three thousand miles away, and I know people who come from other countries. It's thousands more. And um, to be a place where you can be home and find a home, it's very valuable. Um, and, you know, the blessings continue at work, wherein, you know, I'm encouraged to try to invite f friends to church at times. And, and it could be, you know, it's a little bit challenging, but I, I, find, I find that peace, you know, knowing that wherever you go, you might find another person, a believer. Like, I found a couple at work, it's like, and, and we talk to each other and figure out ways to, like, spread the gospel. So I encourage you all to do the same. And the last one is when I talked to my friend back home in, in New Jersey. He's my spiritual mentor. He was my best man at wedding. And I talk about the, the things that really captured me, mostly not just the message, but it's the message of the Spirit working in our lives every day and how to do that, how to walk with the Lord. So... That's, that's the biggest thing. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Rich, you have a testimony, right? Yeah. Let's hear it. My wife and I have been to several churches here in the valley over the years. And <clears throat> the, God is love. And everybody says that. But this is the first church that we've been to where there is a foundation of love that we feel every day. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. Yes. Uh, come on here, uh, Chuck. We can be in the light. We are people of the light, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I've been leading Bible studies for more decades than I like to think about. But often as I prepare for a study, God gives me a depth of understanding that is amazing. And I sometimes almost uh, stand there and say, God, I never could have thought of that myself. Thanks for giving me that insight. And the real joy is sharing that with others in the Bible study. And as I share, I become a better disciple of Jesus. Amen. Can the worship team get ready and come up so we can straight go into the worship? Uh, yes, uh, Barbara? God has really blessed us with the privilege of living at the terraces of Los Gatos and meeting many wonderful people. This was a home started back in '49 by American Baptist. I had an experience yesterday that was rather stressful. I had my wallet stolen out from my purse as I was at the farmer's market with a group in San Francisco. And it's going to take a while to replace all these things. But I realized these are all earthly things that I lost. It's, as I say, it's a stressful situation. But God is still with me, and I still have him, and I still can walk in Christ. And he hasn't hurt me physically, but, and as I say, my spiritual life has grown, I think. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Brittany. Yes. Let's hear it. I'll be fast. Yeah. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> 
Um, well, my name is Brittany. Um, me and my daughter, we've came here probably the last four Sundays, five, I don't know, I can't remember. But um, God has been good to me because I was going through a job transition and I was able to land a job that is Monday through Friday, weekends off, holidays paid, six hours a day from, from working a night and weekend job. And this position literally landed in my lap out of nowhere, no effort. I was initially looking for like a receptionist position, something, you know, multitasking, pretty and fancy. But God wanted me to work at a retirement home as housekeeping. You know, somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to take care of our elders. <laughs> you know, clean up their stuff. <laughs> so that is me. <laughs> so God.